Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story, where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live to their own conviction. The science is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. We're killing a human being. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Perhaps it's time to adjust our priorities. This is Wretched Radio. The hymn that you are hearing played on the appropriate church instrument. Hark the voice of Jesus calling who will go and work today. Fields are white, harvest waiting. Who will bear the sheaves away? Loud, long the master calleth, rich reward he offers thee. Who will answer gladly saying, here am I, send me, send me. And it seems that we have not been obeying the master's voice. Why would I make such a claim? Because of our culture. Go ahead, turn on your news feed. You see one bonkers story after another, just one for your consideration. The nominee to the Supreme Court was asked, give me your definition of what, it, what a woman is. And the answer was, I can't do that. I'm not a biologist. Oh, okay. I... I've got to wear a lab coat in order to identify the difference between a pink and a blue. And you go, boing, springs go flying out of your head. What is going on? And I would suggest to you, at least in part, we need to reconsider our priorities. Every Christian gets to determine where they spend their time, effort, energy, talents, money. God has a one-on-one relationship with each individual, and he allows between the person and himself to work through how much time you and I should be spending each day on whatever it's discretionary time. And yet it would appear based on the statistics that I hold in my never before nicotine stained fingers, that this culture is in dire need of the gospel. And that shouldn't that that should shock us because there are 350,000 Christian churches in this country. 350,000. There is no other institution that has more outposts than the Church of Jesus Christ, not of Latter-day Saints. Any corporation that had that many outlets or stores would dominate society. But if I recall, Starbucks has about 10,000 stores. And yet, when don't you say that mermaid creature when you're driving through a town of just about any size 350,000 where have we been spending our energies where have we been spending our time now I'm not naive I know there are a lot of other contributing factors to the collapse of a culture (laughs) we're just going to focus on one have we been spending time in endeavors that are right and good but They aren't the main thing. There are many activities that every Christian can be called to. And we don't want to be like somebody who suggests that in order to be a radical Christian, you've got to go sell everything and move to Bombay, live in a box and preach the gospel and feed the poor people. That's that's if that's if that's your calling, that's your calling. 
But I'm wondering if we haven't all been perhaps distracted by important things, good things, but not the thing. May I ask you, I'm just, this is just, this is just between you and God, actually. How much time a day are you spending consuming political news versus considering how could I be a vessel who answers, here am I, send me, send me? The statistics should really cause us to reconsider how we're spending our energies. Poll finds most Americans aren't going to church. Well, what's wrong with this country? There it is. Remember, the culture reflects the dominant cult. The dominant cult in Western civilization historically has been Christianity. So if the culture is collapsing, that means it is downstream from the church. Therefore, it is safe to conclude the church Overall, not entirely because, believe me, Jesus is still building his church and there are many good signs of great activity and labors that are being done. No question about it. But overall, we would have to admit something is wrong in the church if the culture is crumbling. Here are just some of the statistics for your consideration. 54% profess belief in God as described in the Bible. When we first started doing this year wretched radio show, that number was like 80%, 82%, like 20 years ago. That's what I recall. Maybe even as high as 86%. We're, we're now at 54%. Should we be shocked that society is being bonkers when they don't have the mind of Christ? And that's really what we're seeing, isn't it? You see adults making decisions that are just profoundly dumb. I'm I'm so detached from what is obvious and right and good and appropriate. And you wonder, well, how can they make decisions that are so off the charts? It's because they don't have the mind of Christ. They can't think right. They just can't. We're asking dogs to do algebra when we tell a culture, hey, think right. They, They just can't do it. They need a transformation. They need a heart transplant, which will then affect their brains. An overwhelming, no, I'm sorry, the word is underwhelming. An underwhelming 30% of U.S. adults claim they attend religious services weekly. And most of those are well into the elder adult years. So it's a generational thing. We're seeing that slide. Why are we losing the kids? I know from experience, they don't know the gospel. Even the kids who have gone to youth group, They don't know the gospel. How can this be? And the question that I think we should all seek to answer is, this this is not a call that all you need to ever do is stand on a corner and pass out gospel tracts. Because what you should do is stand on a corner and pass out solving the God puzzle available at wretched.org slash puzzle. But that doesn't need to be everybody all the time, all day, because there is discretion in what we do. And you could be involved in things like the life movement. And I say, amen to that. That's excellent. But are you preaching the gospel to the people you're trying to help? We can't lose sight of that. Are you involved in a feeding program? I would be the last one to tell you the radical thing to do is to stop that and move to Timbuktu. But are you bringing the bread of life when you are serving a meal to the homeless? 
We simply need to be about the business of our master because we are seeing the fruits of a non-evangelized society. More statistics, and we got oodles of them. Research indicates the largest contributor to young people's decline in religious commitment is their attendance at secular government-run education institutions. Yeah, they got a bunch of them, and they're big. We got more of them. We're bigger. Why are they winning? Why are the why are the university campuses winning? I get it. I know. Do we liberalism? I I, I get it. Core curriculum. I I I understand that. But the only reason that that is happening is because we have so many people who don't have the mind of Christ, and we're not invading the campuses like we should. This has been my lament for a long time. I'll tell you, I I truly wish. In fact. If this ministry ever moves, we're, it's going to be it's going to be near a university campus, so that we have no excuse. We can just walk right out the door. Oh, there's some kids. Let's witness to them every single day. But there are certainly churches surrounding university campuses. Are they invading them? I I don't see it. I know there's some good stuff going on. I get it. This isn't like total condemnation of everything that we're doing in Christendom. Not that at all. But are we, even as we go about beneficial tasks for human flourishing, thinking, wait a second, their bigger need is not physical, it's spiritual. How can I be like an evangelist as I go about my daily business and go about trying to be kind to humanity? By the way, Jimmy, 30% of U.S. adults say that they go to religious service weekly. Now, maybe it's because there are way more Seventh-day Adventists than I thought. But Sunday morning, do you see 30% of the population out on the roads on your way to church? No, unless they're riding a bicycle or walking. Yeah, I don't see those either. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but riding a bicycle. I know what you're saying because you drive by... I I know it's probably cold where you are, but in Atlanta, that's that's year round. People walk and they bike. It's a pretty active city. So you'll see a lot of that on Sunday morning. The roads are empty and we're in the middle of the Bible belt. What is going on? Ninety one percent of U.S. adults claim they are moral because they follow the golden rule. <laughs> Clearly, the law has never been open for them, which would tell me that they've never rightly heard the gospel. Because if 54% believe in the God of the Bible, how could 91% think that they make themselves moral by obeying the golden rule, which they don't? Because we can't. And that is why we need a Savior who came and died. Loud and long the master calleth, rich reward he offers thee, who will answer gladly, saying, here am I. Let me pass out Solving the God Puzzle, available at wretched.org slash puzzle. Didn't exactly rhyme, but maybe that is a way for you to reach the lost. This is Wretched Radio. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how small it is. Tell me. 
that doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. You've heard us talking about it for well over a year now. Get ready, because we are finally less than a month away from the debut of Transform. It's our latest TV offering, which will be like nothing else seen on Christian TV. With Transform, you will be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like anxiety, OCD, depression, phobias, and trauma. You're not going to see secular counseling sessions offering band-aids like medication or years of weekly visits, but you will see a biblical counselor providing biblical solutions that will help solve a person's issues with the Bible. Because biblical counseling is the only counseling that can provide real hope and help a person go from brokenness to wholeness. Hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford, Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University, and Dale Johnson, the Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Transformed, unlike anything that's ever been produced. And it's coming April 1st. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Know your church fathers. Athenagoras was a Christian philosopher in Athens who used his training to defend the Christian faith against Roman persecution. He wrote on the resurrection of the dead, arguing that the nature of God, the nature of humanity, and the concept of justice only make sense if there is a physical resurrection. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you cannot speak like angels, cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can say he died for all. Unfortunately, it doesn't appear that we're doing that. This is Wretched Radio. If you cannot rouse the wicked with the judgment's dread alarms, you can lead the little children to the Savior's waiting arms. May I ask you, do you need to perhaps, perhaps reconsider your priorities? Not everybody does, but you might be one who needs to observe what is happening in, in culture and not just wringing our hands, which we are, and that ain't wrong, 
but instead recognize why a society that used to be so powerful, flourishing, growing, happy people. Look at the look at the depression statistics. Look at the suicide rates. Look at the psychotropic medication prescriptions that are being given to people left and right because they're they're hurting. People are struggling and they are confused and they are lost and they need direction and we have it. And instead of just going, oh man, those liberals, which I don't mind doing, but let's do something in response to it and maybe consider, am I spending too much time just even staring at a realm that I need to be aware of I can be engaged in because God has given each of us discretionary time and it is an imbalanced preacher who says, no, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like Frank Sinatra's way. You've got to do it. Well, what our ministry is based on. Can't can't do that. There's there's too much good work going on. And to pull somebody from one to the other, uh, that that's just isn't biblical. And incidentally, speaking of which. Did I ever have an amazing phone call yesterday? This, this would be a great example. I was asked by the folks at Preborn. It, it's a ministry that we encourage you to support here, preborn.org slash wretched. They do ultrasounds. They do Similac. They do the clothing. They do counseling. They do training. And they always preach the gospel to the people who come in, always. And they asked if we could do a Zoom call because they heard that we're doing this biblical counseling show. And they were wondering... How might we incorporate long-term care for people who come to life centers by, by, by discipling them? And they were, they were right. They were spot on. Hey, biblical counseling could be the ticket. Why? Because biblical counseling is a 12-week process, but it is not done outside of the context of the local church, which is where long-term care takes place. So preborn identifying Hey, how can we change the cycle of abortion because it's just a revolving door for so many people? They got to get saved. How can we do that and then teach them how to live rightly? That's a great ministry. And when I call a preborn and say, hey, you're not out on the streets passing out solving the God puzzle available at wretched.org slash puzzle. Of course not. They're, they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. Ray Comfort's doing his thing. Question. What is your thing for the advancement of the gospel? Yes, for kindness to people. But I would suggest to you that if a ministry is not attaching the gospel to the good work they are doing, uh, they might as well just let the government do it. They might as well just let a secular organization take care of it. Okay, for instance, I, I know of Samaritan's Purse. They are Johnny on the spot. Somebody is in trouble and they go running to the rescue, but it's never without the gospel. They're trying to preach the gospel to people. So yeah, are they stitching people up, helping them rebuild a house, delivering some food? Yep, yep, but they always want to bring the gospel and that should be our focus because statistically what we are seeing in this culture indicates um, whatever it is that we have been doing, it ain't exactly working. And that should cause us to ask, how am I contributing? And what is the best way to see a culture not crumble? 
I think that's the wrong question. I think the right question is, how can I build the kingdom of God? And the effect, by the way, will be that the culture becomes more stabilized. Their thinking is less bonkers. They're they're able to process things and not make just totally ludicrous decisions about how we're supposed to be living and what we're supposed to be doing. For instance, Jimmy, I don't know if you reported this story, but the very nature of it requires so much editing, it's frightening. Can you guess which one I'm talking about? Not offhand. Well, probably not because you see a lot of stuff, but I suspect you've seen this one. Portland's Children's Hospital. Uh, Yes. Yes, I have. That's all you have to say. (laughs) I'm going to try to say it so that we can all be on the same page without saying it. Portland Children's Hospital instructs kids to um, do things to their person that hides their parts that indicate that they're the gender that they are. Girls and boys. That's 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 about all I can say. But we should note this. This children's hospital has been teaching this to kids and encouraging them to go to a local sex shop as a resource. Well, that's cool. It operates a gender clinic. How cool is that for children and teens? That's right. You can send your kids to this organization. The sex Positive shop is in Portland that sells affirming clothing as well as toys, videos, and more. They're sending children. Hey, it's important to note, though, Todd. Yes, Jimmy. That the the shop yeah. is only open to those that are 18 and older. Unless you, unless. unless you call and you can make an appointment. <laughs> and you can make an appointment for your child to come in after hours. Terrible. Oh, see, I got this. So you're eight years old and you're a little confused and you're thinking about these things because you're being taught these things in kindergarten, which incidentally, I don't know if you saw this study. They're saying that, in fact, I've got it right here. A study finds preschool enrollment makes children learn less and misbehave more. Oh, cool. And they're being indoctrinated immediately and taught sex ed. The government can't get their gloms on our children fast enough. And this is an example of a hospital partnering with a store that is willing to open up for an eight-year-old outside of our, because you can't come into the store unless you're 18 or unless it's nine in the morning before we open. Unbelievable. Medical treatment usually doesn't begin until puberty, says the hospital. This is commonly age 10 or 11. We are happy to meet with you and your child before that, though. Oh, good. What, four, two? You know the question that I wanted to ask the new Supreme Court nominee? They've been going at her based on her rather liberal rulings for sentencing for pedophiles. Don't know if you've seen that. But not only whatever the recommendation is, whatever the prosecutor recommended, she always came in underneath it, just did the bare minimum pretty dramatically less in every single case. And I just wish they had gone further with that. I wish they had started asking questions like, tell us why, personally, you believe that pedophilia is a bad thing. 
and let her explain, I suspect she would say, well, because they're children. Mm -hmm. So you don't believe that children have the capacity to make a wise decision about whether or not to be intimate, in particular with an adult. I hope she would say that is correct. Then tell us, why are you opposed or why are you for this type of surgery and practice on our little children? If, if you're, if you're going to be consistent, you can't hold to one position and not apply that in the other situation. She'll never do it. Nobody will probably ask it. And, and she'll see the trap that is being set. And she's going to try to step away from it. But she can't have thinking that is organized and consistent. Can't She can't do it. Her, Nobody outside of Christ can. You don't have the mind of Christ. Your thinking is going to be goofy. Somewhere, there can be people who are very successful globalists. They've got billions of dollars. They think like knuckleheads. Somewhere. Some of you say, well, I've never heard them talk like that. No, you've never heard them talk like that. But I can guarantee you that if somebody doesn't have the mind of Christ, they are going to think in a totally bonkers way, especially when there is no societal shame. There are no guardrails. There is nothing in culture that says tis tisk. And that is what we're seeing in our world. The question is, how do we fix that? And again, I would state, I think that's, that's the wrong question. How can I be obedient with my time? How can I make sure that even as I assess what is discretionary for each one of us, that I am not just doing a good thing, but I'm doing the best thing, and that is preaching the gospel. Imagine if thousands or millions of us made that a priority. Imagine. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start with more news from the Senate confirmation hearing for the president's Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. The biggest takeaway from the hearing, at least for me, was Brown's comment when Senator Lindsey Graham asked why she goes soft on those who distribute child pornography. On the Internet, you can be doing this for 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, you are looking at... 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. I hope you go to jail for 50 years if you're on the internet trolling for images of children. So you don't think that's a bad thing? I'm really not sure what has qualified her for a seat on the U.S. Supreme Court other than the obvious, because it's certainly not her record. Okay, so if you're one of those buff muscle heads, you need to give up the lifestyle. That is, unless you want to be labeled as a fascist, far-right, white supremacist. According to MSNBC, in an article earlier this month, fitness is comparable to Hitler. Yeah, it really does say that. Using the example of two actual white supremacists who happen to be weightlifters, MSNBC has apparently said that all weightlifting and fitness is white supremacist and evil. So now you officially have a reason to cancel your gym membership and not feel guilty about it at all. I mean, who wants to be compared to Hitler? Well, we have an update on the upcoming SBC presidential race. We've learned now that Florida pastor and president of Founders Ministries, Tom Askell, has agreed to be nominated for the SBC president, and Dr. Vody Bauckham will accept the nomination for president of the SBC Pastors Conference. 
Pastor Willie Rice, also of Florida, has previously announced his intent to seek the role of president of the SBC as well. I don't know very much about Pastor Rice, but I do know that the SBC has certainly been on a pretty big drift, and an SBC led by Tom Askell and Bodie Bauckham, I believe, would be the start in writing the course. And speaking of Florida, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis still making headlines, this time for issuing a proclamation earlier this week that names Virginia swimmer and Florida native Emma Wayant, I hope I said that right, the rightful winner of the women's 500-yard freestyle NCAA championship. Wayant, hope I said that right, finished second behind Will Thomas of the University of Pennsylvania. Wayant, still hope I said that right, would have been the clear winner of the championship if the NCAA didn't allow men dressed up as women compete against actual biological women. And Governor DeSantis says he sees the NCAA rule as something that destroys opportunities for actual women. Okay, so if you live in Texas or any U.S. state that has passed a heartbeat bill banning the murder of innocent babies after six weeks, don't fret because two California lawmakers have your back. They're proposing a bill that makes it easier for residents of any of those states to come to California for all the baby murder you could want. And as an added bonus, they propose California even foot the bill and pay all the fees associated with your baby murder procedure. <sighs> Let's hope common sense wins over and the bill doesn't actually pass. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Important dates in Christian history. 385 AD. In Milan, Bishop Ambrose defies the Empress. This event helped to establish the precedent of the Church confronting the state when necessary to protect Christian teaching and oppose injustice and corruption in government. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio. That was Richard Dawson. He's dead, right? I think I think he is. is still is Steve Harvey still doing that show. I, I don't I don't even know if they're still making it. Maybe they are. I, mean, I, I, I just saw a commercial where he's going to be a judge. I guess that's that's his his latest gig. Did you ever see the clip that went pretty viral? Oh, it was. Oof. I didn't want to share it because I just it was so agitating and so blasphemous and so grievous, really. One of the individuals, they were doing the celebrity thing that they do on the Jeopardy. What's that show? Uh, Family Feud. Yeah, Family Family Feud. Feud. Okay, so it was two celebrity families feuding. I don't know who they were, but one of the women came up to answer whatever the question was for the lightning round. And she stopped and said, Holy Spirit, activate. No, she didn't. You actually just threw your head back. Did you get a little whiplash? We might need to put a brace around your neck after that response. Did you not see that? I have not seen that. I'm not going to. Don't go grab it. Just don't do it. Because Steve Harvey, he knows how to do comedy. He stops her and goes, okay, wait a second. What, what are you doing? And he tries to turn it into a bit. I watched the formula. It's pretty easy to do. You could track it. Where he turns the, and then he's got the whole place chanting, Holy Spirit, activate. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Who knew that's mm. all it took? Well, it's it's just it's it's well, it's this individual, this woman, no doubt. I, I know what type of church she goes to. It's the type of church that focuses on the third person of the Trinity, whose job it is is to focus on the second person of the Trinity, which means right away 
You're just a little bit off in how you're thinking about the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is pleased. I wouldn't say to shun attention, but to direct your attention to the Son, to Jesus Christ. And when a church or a movement is focusing primarily on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, operating in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, wrongly defined, that that church is just out of the gate, off the mark. Because the Holy Spirit's role, to which he happily gives himself, is, is to point to another, and that is Jesus Christ. And so this was nothing but a de- another demonstration of the influence of the confusion that exists in Protestant slash evangelical Christianity these days. And frankly, they're getting a little difficult to discern the difference between the two because so much of evangelicalism is starting to smell so liberal Protestant, isn't it? And so Steve Harvey thinks that it's funny. And by the way, he's a professing Christian, right? I believe so, yes. Did, did, did I ever tell you I met Steve Harvey? Did you? I did. It was in a men's room and we didn't talk, but <laughs> I did meet him at a hotel. Uh. Well, you didn't ask, but I'll tell you the circumstances anyway. In there's, there's a fancy part of town that used to be safe to go in in Atlanta called Buckhead. It's the she-she sort of place. Okay. So it was an anniversary. I think it was maybe our our 25th wedding anniversary. So it was kind of a big deal. And we wanted to do something special. We just didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> we, we want to do something really nice for our anniversary without a big price tag. Cause it hurts for me to do that. So we decided let's go to the Ritz Carlton. We, the dinner would be bonkers. I, I don't even know what it would cost per person. So we decided, okay, it'll still be kind of crazy expensive, but let's just go do breakfast. And that's what we did. So we could experience the Ritz-Carlton, walk around like, oh, we're a part of the the she-she crowd of folks. We're not the hoi polloi inside of the Ritz-Carlton. And lo and behold, Steve Harvey's daughter was getting married, and the celebration had taken place the night before, and they were doing the after-wedding breakfast at the Ritz-Carlton. Now, I, I walked by the room. There were hundreds, and if, if not like a thousand people, for the, for the breakfast after the wedding. And I thought, wow, how much are they spending for this thing? They had ice sculptures. They had a full painting of the couple in their wedding clothes, like a, a portrait, like like you'd see in a museum and the flowers. And this was just the after party. So uh, I was visiting a particular room and lo and behold, it was Steve Harvey. Now I can't know exactly what was going on in the man's heart, but he didn't look particularly happy. Let's just say that on a day that should be joyous. And I wouldn't blame him. He's a multimillionaire. But that price tag had to just cause him to gulp a little bit. And he professes to be a Christian, and he's on national TV, getting the audience to chant, Holy Spirit, activate. I have to tell you, that's the type of stuff that should cause us to actually be more troubled than than the, than the regular insanity that we see in culture. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You see, just... One story after another, and you just can. 
when you see God's name being blasphemed, that should be the biggest of all. That should be the stuff that really causes us to grieve over what is going on in a culture that is absolutely hurting. A number of family feud surveys that are actually somewhat scientific have discovered most people are not going to church. Most people do not believe in the God of the Bible. And I mean the overwhelming, the majority of people don't believe in the God of the Bible. And we're seeing the fruit of that everywhere. We can take a look, for instance, Ah, it was 2007 when the iPhone was introduced, and even secularists identified the effect in our culture with the kids, body image issues, how they perceive themselves, how happy they are, how depressed they are. Is there a, is there a connection? I think we have to say, yes, there is. But there's, there's, there's a more profound problem than just a cell phone. Their compass of life is pointed in the wrong direction. It, it's just, it, it's aiming the wrong way. And the fruit of that wrong thinking, wrong believing, it's going to be catastrophe. And that's what we see. And that's why, and I know this isn't easy because you can't help but just be, you can't help but marvel at the nonsense that is going on when a man is nominated as the woman of the year. <laughs> you laugh then you cry but why why they don't have the mind of christ they can't think rightly why americans are really leaving church this was from the federalist citing all the aforementioned statistics that people aren't going to church anymore this article which was loaded with statistical information also burying the lead it wasn't until the 16th paragraph we finally get to the observation why people are actually leaving church for your consideration, here are the observations from the Federalist. Barna Group, one in three practicing Christians dropped out of church completely during COVID-19. Hello, and they're not coming back. They decided we can just sit at home in the Lazy Boy and maybe watch a video. Maybe not, but we're not going back to church because they don't feel the need. If you've ever wondered if you're not saved, now this is not the only thing to consider, but if you've ever wondered if you're not saved, I would ask you this question. Do you feel an, an urge, a pull that is irresistible to go to church? Do you feel that? Do you miss church for whatever reason? Let's just say it was illness, the COVID business. And does it cause you to go, oh, I wanted to be there this morning? That's a really good sign you're a Christian. That's a really good sign that you're saved. Because that, by the way, I think it's fair to say, would be one of the spiritual markers that are given in 1 John that indicate you're a believer. You, you like hanging out with the brethren. You love the brethren. And why wouldn't you go to the place where you love people who love you? If you don't have that burning desire, would I say that means you're not saved? No, I wouldn't say that, but it should trouble you a bit. And it should cause you to at least ask, why is it that I don't desire to be with my brothers and sisters doing the most important thing that we can do every single week? Gather with the saints as an intense composition of the, of, of the kingdom of God on this planet. Why, 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 why wouldn't you want that? Even when COVID-related restrictions lapsed, these people have not returned to church. 
Wow, I'm burying the lead now. Let's get to it. This page four, we finally get to it. Americans are less inclined to view religious membership of church attendance as a part of a fulfilling moral life. They're trying to replicate real community, spiritual transcendence with Twitter, TikTok, yoga, Peloton. I think that's the exercise stuff, right? Moreover, when seeker-friendly churches seek to cater to the latest fads and trends, rather than preaching a coherent, transcendent message, people realize there isn't much that differentiates the church from the self-help industry. And isn't it funny that the trend in our pragmatic evangelicalism for decades now has been, water? no, 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 don't make it biblical. Don't don't preach the Bible. In fact, don't even quote. Don't even say you're taking a quote or a Bible verse from the Bible. What is that? It's the trend for the last 50 years. And I think the results are in. Aren't they? This is Wretched Radio. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are certainly grateful for your time. So here's a crazy scenario. Did you know that there is a way for you to know all of the latest happenings at Wretched? When you can't even keep up with all that's happening in your own life, you can keep up with everything happening at Wretched. See, told you it was a crazy scenario. But you can keep up with all of these things by signing up to receive the monthly Wretched newsletter. Each month, Wretched sends out a newsletter covering tough theological issues Christians are facing today and you're also going to get the updates about what's new and upcoming and wretched makes you kind of wish somebody would send you a newsletter about what's going on in your own life well we can't do that but we can certainly let you know what's happening in ours plus we give away resources every single day to one of our newsletter recipients so go get signed up for the wretched newsletter now at wretched.org newsletter wretched amazing grace amazing gospel There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the needs of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground, the Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to children evangelism, learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. How would you like to be considered the second smartest person on the planet behind this guy? It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was. Okay, maybe that was a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner is one of the wisest decisions you'll ever make. Gospel Partners Media is a 501c3 nonprofit, meaning all financial gifts are tax deductible. But other than that, why should you consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Simple, because it's your gifts that help us create compelling gospel-centered content that reach millions of people all over the world. And we're members in good standing with the ECFA, the financial accountability folks who audit our books yearly to keep us transparent and accountable to our gospel partners. And 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. So, 
would you prayerfully consider partnering with us at Gospel Partners Media? Just visit wretched.org donate to get complete details. We think it's one of the wisest investments you can make. Wretched.org donate. Books of the Bible The book of Ruth tells of a Moabite widow who chose to follow the God of Israel and found favor in the eyes of a godly man named Boaz who claimed her family's land as her kinsman redeemer. Ruth and Boaz are the ancestors of Jesus and a foreshadowing of Jesus' work as our kinsman redeemer. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Thanks for the really horrific article, Tim Challies. This is Wretched Radio, Challies.com, the most popular Christian blog site in the world, reposting an article from 2018 that caused me to go, oh no, I've been observing the same thing and that thing ain't good. The title of his article, oof, are you godly enough? To watch smut. What? Well, that's a provocative headline, and but it wasn't done just to be salacious. No, that's the import of his observations, along with people like Nancy Piercy, who recently, a few years ago, wrote a, wrote a book called Love Thy Body, that there are a number of Christians that are consuming things, putting images into their eyeballs that should be obviously wrong for a believer but they're saying they can handle it because of their spiritual maturity. And if you can't handle those images, it's merely a sign that you're a baby Christian. I've seen that. And it's not just, by the way, movies. It can be music. It can be language. And there's some, some people, they'll give you the etymology of a word to say, see, that's not a coarse word. That's, that's what it means. And it was used all the time back in 1812. Okay. But Christians are called to something higher. But the trend that Tim is observing is that it's, we've, we've kind of turned the tables a bit. No, things that you thought were forbidden are permissible because you're more mature like we are. And that is a trend that I have seen and observed. It's language. It's alcohol. We, we, we can be, we've seen these websites, haven't we? Where the, where the people are meeting and they're hoisting up their glasses in a toast because they're doing a Bible study in a bar someplace. And they would tell you, well, you, know, you, you just don't understand. We can handle these things. You can't. Are you godly enough to watch smut? That was Tim's observation. Again, leaning on Nancy Piercy a wee bit. Today, it is considered a sign of spiritual maturity to watch scenes of nudity and sexuality and a sign of spiritual weakness to refrain. It is considered legalistic to suggest that perhaps this is unfitting fair for Christians and inconsistent with Scripture. That isn't easy to do. you got to travel a long road to get there, and I might suggest to you that we return to a reformer's principle on hermeneutics. Yes, yes, we believe in the analogy of Scripture. That we would examine all of the verses that talk about a particular subject and not just simply rip one verse out in the subject and then build a theology about that. By the way, if you'd like some good news, the kid, 14 years old, I think, who won the National Spelling Bee again. Jimmy, guess what word he was able to spell? What word was it? Hermeneutic. Ah. 
I was glad they asked it. He was able to spell it, which would lead me normally to promote Herman Who, available at wretched.org. But we don't have time for that. Hermeneutic is an important concept that the reformers tried to rescue, and they had many principles that we, 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 we've perhaps forgotten. The main things are the plain things. The plain things are the main things. The simplest understanding is, if that's what it says on the face, be careful how deep you go digging for the hidden meeting. And I think sometimes we, we, we've kind of forgotten the simplicity of reading the Bible. Okay, you shouldn't be drunk. That seems pretty straightforward. You shouldn't have a potty mouth. Job made a covenant with his eyes to not look upon a woman because he knew that it would lead him to lust. If, if you hear a presentation on some of these subjects turning what used to be considered pretty straightforward areas of sin into liberty issues, just, just, just listen for how long it takes to make the case. You got to work really hard to take verses about, well, just consider, okay, 1 Corinthians 6. How's about in 1 Timothy, Paul admonish 2 Timothy. Pretty much every New Testament book encouraging us to not act like the world, to be involved with sexual immorality, to not look with lust. Now, how do you take all of those verses and somehow say, yeah, that's true, but there are a group of us who can handle these things. And they will take then an hour or two or an entire seminar to share with you how they arrived at that. They will dizzy you with a bunch of anecdotes, some kind of interesting verses that you've never really considered regarding the subject that are somewhat plausible. And by the time they're done, they say, wah and la, it's okay to watch porn. What? What? How do you, how do you get there? It's a long journey. We need to read the Bible, and when it speaks really clearly, that's how we need to understand it. This is Tim Challies again. It is a distressing time we've come to when the ability to desire to watch filthy stuff is considered mature, and where the inability or unwillingness to do so is considered infantile. It is a disappointing time that we've come to when we long to be godly enough to watch smut. Whew. The simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of Scripture. If, if, if you hear somebody coming up with a very clever way to do something that used to be considered licentious, but now it's a liberty for the spiritually mature, consider the simplicity of the Bible. The clear commands, what it states. And you will discover, okay, well, while there's been a lot of cleverness in, in trying to turn licentiousness into liberty, it's just not the way that the Bible speaks. I would Here's a challenge for you. If you've been struggling to read your Bible because, well, you've read it so many times, you've read so many, and it's like, well, I could kind of use, you know, a different way of looking at things. Read the New Testament, the entire shebang, and as you go, Mark, not just in the epistles, but also in the Gospels. Mark the connection between godly living and the gospel. Godly living and the world getting saved. Godly living and people unable to besmirch 
theology because of the behavior of Christians. They're, they're connect. It's always connect. You'll just see it over and over again. I'm going to do this myself. I suspect I, I can think of about 10, at least 10 times where this happens. And you'll see that too. The world watches. Sometimes they're not watching, but sometimes they are. And you don't even know it that they're watching. They're watching and they're observing and our lives should look different to the point they go, what's up with you anyway? What do you, what do you, what do you, why are you acting like that? Why do you think like, why do you treat your spouse like that? That's, that's what's at stake. And this trend is not one that is at all good. And speaking of trends and another impetus to remember that we need to reach youth with the gospel. We're trying to do that with Road Trip to Truth. If you've never availed yourself of that resource, it's a beauty. How TikTok has become a dangerous breeding ground for mental disorders. Okay, great. The very thing that the world is turning to as a placebo for what they can only find in the context of a local church is giving them mental disorders. A new group of social media stars are surging on TikTok. Mental health influencers. This is, this is quite bizarre to me. Most of them are teen girls and young women who post videos of themselves experiencing symptoms of mental illness, like Tourette's or rapid switches from one personality to another, so a bipolar or a schizophrenia. Uh, others, often within, without any medical credentials, post videos that help viewers self-diagnose their own mental conditions. What could possibly go wrong with that? They're getting billions of views on TikTok alone. I don't want to give the hashtags here because let's not. One video alone on borderline personality disorder has 3.7 billion views. <laughs> That's a world that is groping and hurting and longing and seeking. Oh, the one for bipolar has 2 billion. You get the point. Psychologists have noticed a wave of adolescent girls also claiming to suffer from Tourette's syndrome and rare mental health conditions such as borderline personality disorder, etc., and schizophrenia. Conditions not typically seen in the teen demographic. And a common denominator between many of these symptomatic girls has been identified. Consuming mental health content on TikTok. Isn't that nice to know? that the kids are consuming these things and morphing to look like it. We're seeing that with gender issues, aren't we? Sexuality issues, aren't we? In one case from Rush University Medical Center in Chicago, numerous girls with tics all blurting out the same word, beans, in English accents, even some who don't speak English. As it turns out, a British Tourette's TikTok influencer with over 14 million followers Manifested the exact same beans tick. <sighs> so much hurt. So much pain. So much confusion. Mom and dad, and aside, guard your kids from that garbage. They, it, it's, it's better that they don't get influenced this and maybe aren't nuts about you than, than go down into this swamp. And let's let this motivate us to do the one thing that can help these people preach the gospel. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.